Have you ever had someone refer to something going on in the community who asked you, what's going on there? What's the story with all that? The right answer lies with the people directly involved in it, the people who know. Why not hear their story? So welcome to What's the Story, Pekin? I'm Gary Gillis, your host, and I hope you enjoy this Pekin podcast. Well, today's What's the Story, Pekin is really going to deal with a story that's kind of as old as time, and that's a story of real estate. Uh, people in Pekin are always curious as to what's going on, what's available, what's the market like. We've seen a lot of things happen in the last few years, uh, pandemic-wise, post-pandemic, so we'll talk about that. But I thought we'd talk about the current story of Pekin real estate. And I have here one of my good friends who I've served on, I think, two committees with, the Pekin Marigold Festival Executive Committee and now the newly formed uh, Bicentennial Committee to celebrate Pekin's 200th birthday next year. And it's Bailey Gambetti. So, Bailey, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Now, you're with Remax Realty. Yes, Remax Traders Unlimited. Okay. Well, we were talking recently, um, you and I, and you said something that struck me, is that the availability of of properties on the market, not only here but in kind of the Tri-County area, is very, very low by historic standards. And I, I may not recall the statistics accurately, but you said there was something like 36 homes listed in Pekin and normally it'd be north of 100 or 150. So let's talk about that for a second. What's 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 happening? That's correct. We've really not bounced back after COVID. Houses that come on the market are not staying long. Uh, the average day on the market actually for 2022 was eight days. Really? And right now, as of this morning, there were 41 active listings. Now that's every price range. That's, mm-hmm. you know, 5,000 was the cheap actually five yeah five thousand is the cheapest sold price up to uh five seventy five which is the most expensive house for sale in six one five five four right now so right. yeah i know which one you're talking about yeah wow. <laughs> um same thing in the area i mean in peoria I, I i think i told you i i don't know how long ago it was but i saw something on the internet and it's one of these things where that's kind of interesting i'd like to see more about that house so Sure enough, you've got to enter data and you kind of subscribe. So I knew what was going to happen. So every single day, Zillow sends me an email, and it's usually ten properties that you you'll love. I kind of laugh because I gave them the parameters, and some of the homes they send me aren't even close to that. But for the longest time, it was Pekin homes, and now when I get them, there is very few if any Pekin homes but I get Washington I get Peoria and Dunlap on that so to me that kind of is representative of what of what's of what's happening yeah um, even Zillow scrambling to find you houses yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly and we've been we've uh, I guess a confession is we've been kind of looking at at uh, homes ba- Bailey's been um, patient enough to take us around and, and look at different things to get a feel for what's out there uh, building is also an option, but it's just the cost of materials that have been so crazy that you're looking at homes that uh, even a downsized home like we're looking at, the price tag is getting you know, almost beyond imagination. But that's what you're running you're running into. So, are you seeing much in the building end, or? Yeah, um, you know, Pekin has a couple good programs that are trying to promote new construction in town. 
Uh, but a builder recently told me, and I think echoed to you as well, mm-hmm. that it, it's going about $250 a square foot. Sure. Right. So when you, after you build your home that is custom fit to you, if you have a life change in the years coming to that, it's going to be kind of hard to get right. the exact price and get your money back out dollar for dollar. Sure. What what type of homes are, are kind of most popular? What kind of style or design? I mean, we're looking ranch, but I know there's a lot of two-story, split level, et cetera. What are you finding? Ranches absolutely sell the fastest. Mm. They appeal to the broadest of audiences. And I keep saying that if I was a millionaire, I would build the main floor condo. Mm. That is what we need in Pekin right now. We don't have enough of them to go around. Um, and that sweet spot of price would be under 250 180 to 250 main floor condos. Lend me some money and I'll build yeah, them. <laughs> there, you, yeah, there, you, there you go. Well, I know on Broadway, um, just up from your office, uh, they built some what they call them, luxury apartments. I don't know if they're fully occupied or not. But, yes, uh, uh, Layman Property Management did that. Mm-hmm. And I actually, one of my best friends moved into them. And uh, we've, we've watched them fill up. I don't know that there's any vacancies over there. Since she moved in, in December, she's met probably three or four new neighbors, and uh, they're really nice. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely a need. If you wanted to rent something and not purchase, you know, if you're a new teacher or someone at Pekin Insurance, we have a, a wide market of people who might not be at a point where they're ready to purchase, but they wanted to rent. There's nothing that really meets that new grad quality um, that people might be used to when they're in college and you know graduating and getting into the workforce that it we just didn't have the quality here of availability well i think today's world and this may be a knock on some younger people but it depends on the quality of your parents basement that will determine (laughs) where you where you may uh, may move Uh, but that speaks to a demographic shift i have read that uh, post pandemic uh, a lot of young people because of uh, mortgage uh, accessibility, the cost of, of funding a mortgage or financing, um, and of course uncertainty in the workforce, the great resignation, changes in jobs, and those type of things. That many of them are looking at renting rather than than buying. Are we seeing that here at all, or um, somewhat? It really just depends on price point and affordability. We still, you know, across the nation, have one of the lowest cost of livings. Mm-hmm. And our sales prices reflect that as well. So sure. it's it's still a great place that people want to lock in. And you're always going to pay less to mm-hmm. own your own home than you are to rent and pay down somebody else's mortgage. So mm-hmm. it's pretty strong here still. We, we see the rental and more people that are transitional and not wanting to lock down to one location, which you saw a lot of during mm-hmm. COVID. If you didn't have to you know, go to a job, a brick and mortar, you could work from home. Right. They got a lot more fluid with where, where can we live? Right. Yeah. And we had a lot of people flock to our area for that very reason. Yeah. I have the stats here that the coming from out of state, the top five people coming to the Peoria area have come from the states of California, Texas, Tennessee, Minnesota, and Michigan. Hmm. In that order. And you, I see it a lot from California. Okay. The cost of living out there, you can't, you know, what you can afford here for the same price is just right. astronomical. Yeah, a lot of metropolitan areas from what I've seen and read, uh, you know, there's been this mass exodus now that they could work possibly from home. Uh, it was just the cost of living was prohibitive. Schools, school choice uh, to, to live even you know, 10, 15 miles outside the, the city was, was awfully appealing. But if you can live um, 
I, I know somebody that works for Peak Insurance that lives in Tennessee. You know, it's, it's work from home. So uh, I can see that, that shift taking place. Um, in terms of residential areas in Pekin, is there any preference uh, or is it just really the price point that makes the determination? Or is there a particular neighborhood, whether it's Sunset Hills or Country Club or Ludicans, is, is there any, any trend you see there or a history behind that? I like to think there's no bad place to live in Pekin. Sure. That we, mm-hmm. we have a great town and there's mm-hmm. really no area that's, you know, people don't want to go to. Um, but, you know, Sunset Hills is always popular. It's that middle price point. Um, you know, young families. to Well, they have everybody there. Um, my favorite thing about Sunset Hills, the three-mile loop. The mm-hmm. people, you know, you're showing a house and oh, yeah. there's always somebody coming by sure. <laughs> with their dog or a stroller mm-hmm. or what have you that... You pointed out, and it's kind of a little hidden secret of Sunset Hills, but Country Club, Ludicans, Marigold Estates, I mean, every subdivision has a buyer for it. It's just sure. what you're looking for. Yeah. If you want to be on the north side of town to get on the interstate for your job in Peoria, sometimes that's important to people, but I know you like to be closer to the Manitou area, so you're a south sider. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, because we've got the place on the, on the lake, which is our weekend escape, our second home, which is 15 minutes from home. Uh, but we, we love sunset because of what you just mentioned. Uh, we enjoy an evening walk, and you can do the big loop, uh, or you can just uh, walk in a different direction and, and find a different path. It's all There's sidewalks there, uh, and that's really more our, our preference. Uh, and that's why we're always kind of, uh, I guess, focused a little more on that, but open to any area because, like you said, there's really you know, any different area would bring a, a different kind of, uh, appeal that would represent a little bit of a change and that might be welcoming as well uh, one thing you did mention the other day was that uh, I think in the area something like 24% of home sales were cash sales which that number was kind of mind-boggling to me but uh, if, are you seeing that with interest rates ticking up that you're, you have a quicker buyer in a cash buyer or is, is there something else happening yeah it was I felt very surprising when that stat came out that in 2022, 24% of the home buyers in central Illinois were cash. And I think it speaks to the interest rate a little bit. Mm-hmm. I checked today uh, with Pekin Community Bank, and the rate is at 6.5. And I said, wow, that seems higher than it was last sure. week. And they're like, it jumped this morning. Mm-hmm. So you you know, you know, can never stay too on top of what the interest rates are doing. Um, the lenders have come up with a lot of different programs to make it a little more affordable. There's three, two, one buy downs where it's a little bit more upfront, but they'll reduce your um, interest rate by 3% the first year, 2%, 1%, and then you refinance, assuming that the interest rates are lower in three years, that you got a little bit of that break. Um, there's also some really good um, grants for. A lot of people think of them as first-time homebuyer grants, but they're not. It's actually income-based. And right now, you can combine two of them and get $16,000 worth of grant money. Mm. You'd have to, you have to be under the average income limit for Tazewell County, and what they've set for our area is almost $48,000 a year for one person. Sure. Then, of course, it goes up from there if you had more dependents in the home. Well, I just saw some data this morning uh, where what was pretty much a seller's market not too long ago is becoming shifting slowly because of higher interest rates, et cetera, uh, a little more of a, of a buyer's market. But it, it seems like, and you were talking about some homes that recently sold, 
the old-fashioned trend, perhaps, of, of people saying, okay, here's what it's listed at. We'll start the game. We'll shoot them 10, 20, 30,000 less and meet somewhere in the middle. That's just not happening yet. Yeah, no. we're not seeing that yet. No, the, no. The, yeah. uh, the, low, the extremely low inventory has kept the you know the demand is still there the supply being lower has mm-hmm. really increased the prices and kept the days on market very low sure so we're still i'd still consider it a seller's market um i looked this morning as well 41 active listings in 61554 and 66 were pending now in a, a normal market we see more actives than we do ones that are already spoken for so mm-hmm. It just kind of speaks to we don't have enough houses on the market. We don't have enough houses to go around for the buyers. Um, I know many agents are still seeing multiple offers. Sure. <laughs> um, I can testify to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like you did. Uh, you're seeing multiple offers with just a couple days on the market, and yeah. that's a supply problem. If yeah. we had more houses to show at the various price points, then you know they would the buyers would have more of a choice but right now what they see is is what they get and you sure. have to be ready and act fast well we're at the enviable point where we don't need to do this uh so we can be selective but you know one thing we learned in just the last couple of weeks is that you know he, he who hesitates uh definitely applies in this case so the idea well let's keep looking let's keep that in mind uh it very well could be gone by the time by the time you get there flip side of this let's say and i think with the weather getting better there'll be people who naturally will say okay now we want to show our home it'll appear better the yard will look better people won't mind getting out and worrying about trudging through snow etc what would your advice then be to someone who's considering selling both from the standpoint of you know be realistic in the price you know go with the appraisal not with what you saw two years ago. I would think you'd have someone say, well, our neighbor sold two years ago and got this great price, so we should start there. It's a different world today. So what would you say to that person considering you know, where they perhaps would want to list it, uh, and then at the same time, anything they'd want to do in getting their home prepared to sell? For sure, yeah. I think, you know, first of all, I wish I had a crystal ball. Sure. I wish I think we all learned during mm-hmm. COVID that you really don't know what's around the corner and what what the economy will do. So my first advice is while things are so good right now, get your house if you're thinking of a move, sell your house now mm-hmm. because with the low inventory, it's going to sell faster and it's going to sell for more money. If the interest rates continue to rise, it will likely take some buyers out of the marketplace and then the supply, I would think, will catch up. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it might shift to a buyer's market again where they get to make offers on houses and not sure. have to go in at list price. Um, so, yeah, I think that, you know, I, I wish I knew what would happen and when the rates were going to rise rather than just checking in with a lender this morning and, oh, that's higher than you said last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they raised. Sure. <laughs> um, and then getting your house ready to sell, you know, the typical things. It's so hard sometimes because you live in your house and you don't notice the things that a buyer might so having a professional realtor walk through and point out projects that you'll you know either sell your house more for or sell your house faster for and prioritize what's important and what's not important sure drive-bys are always going to be the number one thing so keeping the mm-hmm. exterior of your house looking nice is always the, yeah, the, the first appeal. thing you look at yeah yep well i would think too as as a realtor um, most people if they're wise would you know defer to your judgment 
and uh, appraisal, whatever, and, and sometimes even listening to, uh, you know, the, the cold hard facts that, well, you know, your home is in uh, this location, and whether it's high traffic, whether it's some of the things you've done, whether uh, no knocking people have added swimming pools or very expensive amenities or, you know, very expensive landscaping, you know, to realize, you know, you may just not get that out of the asking price. And uh, I do see some homes every once in a while listed online where there's been a price reduction. And giving that, uh, you know, that, that whole dynamic of what you just shared with the availability, um, I would think that you know, that speaks to reassessing what they're doing and, and what kind of things they're doing. I'll have to apologize. We're at the library next to the teen domain, and you can tell there are plenty of teens uh, next door. I'm glad it's uh, getting used. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, and in my peripheral vision, I'll see the fact that we become a, a scenic sideshow. Kids are looking <laughs> in the window. More than once, uh, I've had some make faces at me. So, um, but that that aside, it's, it seems like uh, people have to be realistic then in their in their pricing. Absolutely. Prices is, is everything. If you go too high, trying to take advantage of this market, you know, it can hurt you and mm -hmm. your house is going to sit on the market longer and buyers are then going to be able to make you a lower offer. Sure. And so it's best just to lean on what your realtor advises you to do. Yeah. You know, we've seen some where maybe we, you know, maybe the seller wanted to list a little bit higher, but we've advised, you know, come in at this, this price is realistic. This price, people will come in and want to purchase your house today for this price. And if you get multiple people interested, that's gonna drive your price up. Mm -hmm. You might get higher in what the number that you're really wanting to start at, but we don't wanna scare them away with, with starting out too high and being unrealistic to, to what we have to work with here. Sure. Is there, that being said, is there a price point uh, or a, a certain rule of thumb where uh, now that you can look online and see how many days a home has been on the market that you then can advise someone saying, hey, potential buyers are looking and seeing that your home has been on the market X number of days. That's a signal to them that your, your price is perhaps the one thing that is uh, costing you. You may want to reconsider that. So you run into that then? We do often, yeah. We well often when when you're priced a little too high, and we pay strong attention to the feedback we get from other agents, and you know networking with other agents and mm -hmm. hearing what the buyers have to say. Um, but you know the average days on market right now is um, eight days in Pekin. So yeah. if you wow. are if you're on the market for two or three weeks, sure. we kind of have to reassess yeah. our price or condition is just not matching sure. what the market is willing to pay you. Mm. Last question, that, that person who is thinking of, of selling and uh, their first thought is, well, I don't think it will show that well. So before we list it, let's change this, let's replace that. Um, well, I know you've told me that a lot of times the buyer will come in and have their own tastes anyways. So what, what type of advice would you give people? I, I would think it maybe it's kind of limit your budget on that or is there just some general advice of a uh, neutral tones, these type of things. What would you advise somebody with that? And absolutely advise they reach out to a realtor to help them make the decisions because mm -hmm. we see things a little differently than you do when you live in your house. 
some things you walk past every day that you think, oh, I've got to fix that before I sell the house. I might walk past and be like, nobody's ever going to notice oh, sure. <laughs> notice that little flaw. Um, but yeah, we, you know, neutral is best. Mm-hmm. Um, paint is, I almost said cheap, but have you seen the price of paint lately? Mm-hmm. It's nearly $50 a really? gallon that... Wow. Um, Paint used to be cheap, but it's relatively cheap for what you'll get back in your house that a fresh coat of paint is always a good idea. We're seeing less and less of the grayscale that's been so popular the last 10 years, Mm. and things are going more neutral, light and bright. Um, So I always suggest if if you need a good coat of paint in some rooms, if the paint's dingy, you will see that come back and, you know, how fast your house sells or for what price it's going to sell for. So. There are some things that we definitely suggest. Sometimes flooring is something that people don't want to put a major investment in because they don't know what the next person will like. Um, But your realtor can help advise if you should do an allowance for that or if it's just worth getting something else in there that is neutral and will apply to the broadest of audiences. Gotcha. Very good. Great advice. I appreciate that. Uh, I should issue a disclaimer. I know when I was in the financial advisory business, People would always ask me uh, about a good accountant and a, a good lawyer, and I would usually just have business cards and say, "I'm I'm not going to show any preference to any in fairness, but here are some you'd want to contact and reach out and find someone that works for you." Uh, so I would say the same thing about realtors. Uh, Bailey's a good friend, and as obvious, I've I've turned to her for her professional advice. There's a lot of great realtors. Uh, I've worked with in the past. Some have now retired, but I would encourage people to you know, reach out to a, a peak in a, um, realtor. You, you won't go wrong. So, Bailey, thanks for coming. Thanks for, Thank um, you for your advice. Me. And um, I'll be texting you when you know I uh, get the <laughs> when the next yeah, one when the next yeah, time yeah, Zillow yeah, emails you. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I know you've been great in, in letting me know things that are coming on the market even before you know it's publicly listed and there's an advantage given the, the importance of the timing of that so i appreciate that of course. best of luck to you thanks again and we'll uh see you also at the next bicentennial meeting i'll see so, you then okay thank take you. care so th- thanks again to bailey uh thank you to mike eaton my sound man and and our producer of the show uh thank you to Pekin library we've had all now 27 of uh, these podcasts in this room right next to the teen domain as has been mentioned Um, and uh, thank you to you the listener we encourage you to give your input uh, by sending us an email at pecanpodcast at gmail.com thanks have a great day